Blog Talk Radio. The following broadcast is brought to you by the iGolf Sports Network. The Women of Golf Show is sponsored by the iGolf Sports Network and Golf Tips Magazine. iGolf Sports is a live stream broadcast and media production company providing quality programming designed to attract the golfing enthusiasts. And Golf Tips, the game's most in-depth instruction magazine with insightful reviews on the latest equipment, tips from top teaching professionals, helping you improve your game from tea to green. Good morning, welcome to the Women of Golf, the number one women's golf show around the world, with hosts Ted Odorico and Cindy Miller. Join them as they interview some of the best players from the Epson, LPGA and Legends Tour, and so many others helping to elevate women's golf. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Ted and Cindy. All right, good morning, everybody, and once again, welcome to the Women of Golf. I'm Ted Odorico, and right alongside, uh, of course, each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional, Cindy Miller, and we are your hosts. Welcome back, Cindy. Well, thank you. Welcome back to you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we had a little, and that was my fault. We had a couple of weeks hiatus, uh, a little under the weather, partially, and and uh, uh, some scheduling conflicts. So unfortunately, uh, we had to not come on. But we're back this week, and uh, only have a few more shows this season anyway. So we're getting sort of, as they say in, in the golfing uh, business, the silly season. Though we're winding things up uh, and going to be taking a little bit longer break as we prepare for uh, season ten. And I know you're going to say I don't believe it, but yes, next year will be season ten for the women of golf. So um, we're looking forward to that. All right, we've got a great show for you this morning. We're going to be joined here just momentarily by uh, Kira Rahijarvi. Uh, she's uh, now an LPJ Tour member, and she'll be joining us here uh, to talk about her season uh, and uh, a little bit more. And then later on in the show, we're going to be joined by Jill Streit and Jasmine Hall. They're going to be coming on and talking about uh, Elevate Phoenix, which is a, a great foundation and uh they're going to be talking about an upcoming event, which uh, we will talk when they come on the show. So they'll be joining us on the second half of the show. But um, let me tell you a little bit about uh, Kira, and then we'll bring her on and, and get the show rolling here. Uh, Kira, as I mentioned, uh, is uh, formerly a, an, an LPJ Epson Tour member. She won uh, earlier in the season. You may recall she was on the show. She won the inaugural Ann Arbor's Road to the LPJ uh, earlier in the season and uh, made a number of uh, uh, cuts throughout the, the year in 2022, including six top ten finishes, uh, and ended up finishing fourth on the Epson Tour money list to earn her LPJ membership for 2023. So, Cindy, let's uh, welcome back uh, Kira Rahijarvi. Good morning. Good morning. Somebody sounds tired. <laughs> yeah, I just woke up. <laughs> <laughs> Time for coffee. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Where Where are you, dear? I'm I'm in Tampa right now. Where? So I'm I'm home, Tampa. Nice. Ten. Nice. How's yeah. the weather? It's beautiful. It's I'm getting a hurricane. Tampa weather is incredible. Uh, I don't think so. I hope so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, I think it's supposed to scoot up the east coast, um, 
fairly quickly, hopefully. Uh, may get some rain at some point, but, uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything to be uh, too concerned about. It's going to be mainly out in the Atlantic. So, uh, And I don't know if it's going to actually build up to a hurricane. They just predicted that's a possibility. But, um, anyways, we'll be uh, thoughts and prayers for the people in Florida and, and some of the other states as well, uh, hopefully that uh, they won't get hit with another one. Um, just uh, recovering, of course, from the one we had a few uh, uh, a month or so ago. All right, so, um, Cindy, do you want to lead off or do you want me to? You go ahead. All right. Uh, as I mentioned, uh, Kira, you won a, an event earlier in the season. We talked a little bit about that. And then you finished uh, fourth on the money list um, for the EPSA Tour earning your uh, LPJ uh, card, as it were. Uh, tell us a little bit about that. You've got to be feeling pretty stoked about right now and um, pretty excited about uh, the future uh, for 2023. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I'm incredibly excited for next year. Uh, I think it's so cool to be able to get your car through the Epson tour, and the fact that I was able to finish so well, even though I was aware of the situation of like where I was standing on the money list, and I knew that I had to finish well, and being able to do that really brings... Um, my confidence up for next year. Yeah, and, and we were talking off air um, a little bit uh, about the, the end of your season, and uh, you finished, um, I think, fifth spot in the Tuscaloosa uh, tournament, which, of course, is up in uh, Alabama, and then the Tour Championship, I believe, uh, either you finished fourth alone or tied fourth uh, at the Epson Tour Championship, mm-hmm. which was in Daytona, and that was uh, kind of touch and go because, of course, we had the uh, hurricane that came in through the week before. So uh, course conditions were um, surprisingly well. Uh, would you agree with mm-hmm. that? And, and how do you feel? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean it was sunny. you had sunny all, all four uh, days um, afterwards. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the course, I think they had, didn't they have lift clean in place for, for most of the event? Yeah, they did. Just because of the, the yeah, they did yeah so that, that helped a little bit. Um, but you were pretty much, were you not, you were pretty much locked in your position. I mean, give or take, um, you knew you were going to make it in the top ten, even if you didn't have a, a super strong finish uh, at the end of the event? Yeah. Yeah, the, 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 the whole thing is, like, it is still, you're still nervous because you don't know, like, things could happen. Like, if the people in, like, coming behind you, all of them finish one, two, three, four, five, like, you you would lose your right. spot because, you don't know how other people are doing, so it's definitely like you just try to do your best and like hope to stay up there. What are you looking forward to the most next season? You you mentioned to me um, you're probably going to maybe start off uh, early in the season with a couple of uh, Epson uh, events just to kind of get things motivated, moving in the right direction um, before you you get out on the LPJ. But what what are you looking forward to most next season? I think I'm just looking forward to, like, getting to play on the best tour in the world and getting to see, like, the best players and, like, kind of understand how how all of that works and, like, where I'm standing. I think that's really exciting. I I couldn't agree. Is there any one particular – I mean, there's so many to choose from, but is there any player or players particularly on the LPJ um, that you – obviously, you'd be excited with any of them, but – Particularly that you'd be extra mm-hmm. excited if you got paired up if you got paired up with them in an event. Anyone particular? Uh, I mean, there's a lot, but definitely uh, Nelly Porter. Yeah, 
I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> I think a lot of people would would love to. She's a a great player, so that hopefully that will yeah, happen uh, at, at some yeah at one of the tournaments for you. Um, Cindy, go ahead. What's the best part of your game? Uh, my irons. I I had a lot of greens, which makes golf a lot easier. It sure does. <laughs> <laughs> What's your strategy? Do you fire at pins, or does the pin have to be on a certain side of the green? How do you how do you work that out on the course? I usually I usually fire at the pins, but like just being aware, like if, if they're in really funky spots, just give yourself a little bit more space. But if it's yeah. just in the middle, like it's it's go time. Really. Nice. Nice. And how often do you practice? Uh, I it it kind of depends. Like during season, it's it's very different because you gotta have the energy to actually play your events and like be as sharp there as you possibly can be. But off season, I practice like six times a week, like six days a week. And when you do practice, do you have, like, a routine that you follow or you just do whatever you feel like? Uh, this year I've been trying to do a little bit more uh, routine and kind of looking at, like, where my game actually is standing instead of just doing fun things that I want to do and doing things that, like, actually need working. So that's been definitely something I've been doing more this year that I've, I've planned them out a little bit more. It's not, like, a full routine that I do every single week, but it's kind of looking at my game and seeing what needs work and then planning those things out to get most out of my time whenever I do go practice. Tell us how you found, I'm assuming it's University of Tampa that you went to? Mm-hmm. Yes. Tell us how they found you. So I went to a boarding school in Rome, Georgia, for a year, and there was a Swedish girl that went there but graduated the year before me, and she went to Tampa for golf. And that's how the coach heard about me through the player that was playing at Tampa and got connected with me. And then I visited, and I loved Tampa. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm coming here. Was the boarding school in Georgia a golf school? They had a golf academy, yes. And what's it called? Darlington. I don't know if they still have a golf academy, actually, but they did whenever I was there. (laughs) And how was that? Did you like doing boarding school? Uh, it was it was an experience for sure. It was uh, it was all right. A lot of learning, a lot of growth, and it definitely made my first year in college a lot easier. That's good. Ted, go ahead. So, Kira, let me ask you. Um, you know, we often hear this a uh, lot of players, Tiger, Rory, and uh, Nelly. You know, a lot of the top players out there refer to being in the zone. Um, for a lot of the uh, amateur golfers that are listening to the show that maybe don't really fully understand what it means to be in the zone, uh, tell us what, what you, from your own experience, what you feel that means and what it means particularly for you uh, 
uh, to be in the zone? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I think particularly it means like being able to be in the present and in the moment and like in the shots instead of being like, oh, like I'm now four under, I'm going to go five under or letting your brain kind of run ahead of you and just really focusing on like what you need to do in this moment to get the best shot that you can. You know, it, the reason why I asked that is I remember uh, several years back when Rory was at the Masters, uh, he talked about in an interview after, and that's why I wanted to ask okay. you, is he, he said, you know, I was in the zone, and he said one of the things was he, didn't, he was not really conscious of anything going on around him other than what the task was mm-hmm. at hand. Is that the feeling that you have as well, that you know, the, the other players really don't exist? I mean, obviously they do, but um, theoretically they don't really exist. You're just focused in the moment, and outside distractions um, really don't seem to happen as much or as easily for you because you're in that, that sort of, I don't want to say deep thought process, but um, you're in that zone, as they say, uh, so everything sort of outside just falls by the wayside. Is that kind of the feeling that you have? Yeah, I would I would agree with that. Just just the better you're able to just be in the moment and be in the present and not not focus on whatever's happening around you and what other people are doing and just focus on what you can do. Like the 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 more in the zone, I would say you'd be. So let me ask you a follow up then. Um, can you be in and out of the zone? Um, so in other words, can you be in the zone and then sort of get out of the zone? Uh, you know, speaking, and if so, what do you do to get back into the zone? I think you can. I think you can. I think in golf it's a little bit different because you're not, like other sports, you're like continuously playing. In golf, you've got these long weights that you're walking through ball, so like you can't really just be focused in those moments or like getting in and out of it and just... uh, not having to, like, just be in it for, like, five hours because that's a really long time and, like, being able to, like, relax in between shots, I think that's really important. And I feel like if you get out of out of the zone, like, you just got to start focusing on what you're doing again and, like, just focus, like, in the moment because nobody else, like, knows what you've done in the last hole. Like, it doesn't really affect the, the outcomes of what this shot is going to be. It's just in your brain you think, oh, because I hit a bad shot on that hole, I'm going to hit a bad shot on this hole. It doesn't really work like that because your brain wants to create patterns, just understanding, like, I can still do the best I can on this shot. Right. And right. do it really well. Um, right, exactly. Just one more thought on, on this, and then I'll I'll pass it back mm-hmm. to, to Cindy. Um in, when you're in the zone, you're focusing on the shot at hand, not thinking about swing theories or mechanics and things like that. Um, you're just specifically focusing on the shot at hand. So there's really not a lot of thought process going on at the time. So you're not thinking about, well, I've got to have my, my elbow this way or I've got to rotate here or I've got to do that there. You're just focusing on a specific shot or task at hand. You're not thinking about all these other things. Is that a fair assessment? Yes. Sometimes I personally have like one swing thought, like like turn right. or stuff like that that I could be focusing on. But a 
lot of times I don't have anything except just like the swing and be like, oh, what club it is and the wind and all that, all the elements, and then like, oh, this is the shot that I'm going for. Right. Um, you know, I, I, again, I asked that for a couple of reasons, obviously, but, um, you know, I think a lot of amateurs don't really understand what it means. You know, they hear that and, you know, they don't know whether, you know, they're, uh, what, what the, the term means for, from a professional mm-hmm. golfer standpoint. And I think a lot of amateurs, if they could find a way to get themselves into the zone, I think would probably fare a lot better, uh, not focusing on mm-hmm. so many other distractions. Uh, I think they would play uh, a little bit better out there. Cindy, go ahead. Then have you got your mic muted? Yeah, I keep muting. I'm sorry. What would you That's tell okay. a junior golfer that uh, thinks they want to play on tour and they they don't have a lot of experience and they don't know how hard they need to work? What would you tell somebody? Let's say they're they're 14 years old and they're in ninth grade. Mm-hmm. What would you tell that person? I I think that I would tell them to just like have fun with golf and like like play a lot and just try to enjoy it. Like they're fourteen, like like they don't need to make the big decision of oh like this is what I want to do with my life and just kind of enjoy and have a fun with golf and go out and play with your friends and like all of that like is gonna build it in a way of you understanding like what you want to do with it what if their parents push them a lot that's a tough one because I do always think that it has to come from the kids or like the the wanting to play because otherwise it's just it's a tough sport and if you don't want to do it like it's it's gonna kick your butt (laughs) but uh I still think that just trying to find the fun in it is so important. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. I'm just testing you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's hard uh, because some parents are very, very, very pushy, and it's like, you know, they need to chill. What about uh, when they go play in tournaments and they're a junior in high school and they keep playing poorly? And they blame, you know, well, my driver wasn't any good. And and I say, well, why wasn't your driver any good? You know what I mean? When they keep giving you Mm -hmm. excuses, what would you say to them? Uh, That's a good question. I think I think I would I would tell them to like maybe do some stats and actually see if the driver was any good. And then if it's always the same problem that you have. Oh, the driver wasn't any good. Like, why aren't we practicing it? Like, sometimes you're gonna have to take a little bit of responsibility for your own game. Like, if you're terrible at putting, like, you should go practice putting, and it's gonna get better. Totally agree. You know what's funny is the fact um, we've got a thing here in Buffalo when we teach all these kids. And and adults as well, and I call it the it box, and there's three things in the box, and the first thing is a nail. So if you're sitting on a nail and it hurts, you want to keep whining or you're going to get up and do something about it. And the second mm-hmm. thing in the box 
is a mirror, you know, it's like, okay, where's your driver going? You know, you can be really emotional. Oh, my God, I hit it so bad. I'm like, okay, let's look at your stats. Well, I didn't do them. Mm -hmm. Then how can you evaluate your round? And the third thing in the box is a seed. Let's plant a seed and do something about it so we can fix the outcome. Um, Mm -hmm. So for sharing that because that is Yeah, I like that. It is. is. And sometimes sometimes you feel a little bit more emotionally attached to like like your driver, like if you're practicing a lot of drivers and you hit a few bad ones, you think, Oh, that's so bad but if you look at your stats you're like, Oh, actually it's it's gotten much better and it's actually this that's causing me to do the high scores. So I think stats are so important. Exactly. Thank you. Ted (laughs) <laughs> so, uh, yeah, some great answers. Uh, you know, I think it's important for, you know, as Cindy pointed out, for juniors to really understand what they're up against. I mean, you know, we all, uh, you know, that have gravitated to the game get excited and want to get out there, especially as a youngster. You want to get out there and you have visions of, boy, one day I want to be out in the LPGA or the PGA Tour or what have you. Um, but they don't really appreciate what is needed or what goes on behind these players. Um, they just they look at it from a, a glamour standpoint. Well, that's exciting. They're out on the golf course all the time. Boy, I wish I could do that. But they don't realize what these folks, including yourself, have to do to get there uh, and the sacrifices okay. that you have to make. Um, uh, and not just, you know, out there grinding it every day on the, on the golf course and on the practice tee and so forth. Uh, but you have to sacrifice in other areas of your life as well. You know, your social life sometimes... Uh, isn't always what you'd like it to be because you're busy preparing for the next event. So do you find that part of it from a personal standpoint sometimes a bit of a struggle? Um, And if not, what do you do to stay engaged off the golf course with friends and family and things like that? Mm, That's a good good question. Uh, I personally, I think golf has given me so much, like, just because I'm I, even living here in the U.S. is is because of golf, so I don't really feel like the sacrifices that I've had to make are, you know, comparable to what it's given me. And I have such a big just love for the game. Like I think that I, I don't feel like I'm working that hard just because I'm truly enjoying it. And I think that's so important. Like I think most girls that are on the on PGA just have a, a really big love for the game, so it doesn't feel like it looks to an outsider that we're working super hard, which we are, but it doesn't feel like you're like, oh, my God, like, I have to keep working at it. Like, oh, like, you truly enjoy it. And then I think for the outside, like, having, making sure you have your, like, social life, like, whenever you have those days off and, like, put a little effort into, like, seeing your friends and, like, doing things outside of golf and, like, just being, like, a, a regular person for a few, every, every once in a while is really important. Yeah, I I think it, yeah, I I know, Cindy, you would agree. You have to have balance in your life. I mean, this is a career for you, and and it's not, um, uh, you know, you're not, it's not a play day, so to speak. You're out there and you're you're working, uh, you know, each and every day. No, but you know what I mean. It's not, it's not, (laughs) yeah, that's a euphemism, I guess, for for, uh, wishing I was younger maybe or something. But anyways, um, so, but you, you have to. I don't, I don't know. It's it's Tuesday morning. Give me a break. Um, but, <laughs> but anyways, um, now I lost my train of thought. Oh, so 
<laughs> so what do you like to do um what do you like to do besides play golf um obviously you like to chill and relax uh, when you have some free time mm-hmm. but uh, are there other activities do you like are you an outdoorsy kind of person that you like to hike or walk or bike or that sort of thing or or do you just like to yeah. sort of you know kick back and and uh you know burn a hole through netflix or something or or what do you like to do i like to do both of those i do like to go outside a lot I like to go on walks in Florida. You don't got much of the, the hiking, but I would enjoy that if I were somewhere with the little elevation change. And but I also love to just be home and watch TV and do absolutely nothing. So yeah, I think that's good, especially between events. Sometimes you just need to because it, it gets very easy. Yeah. And we were talking off off air, and Cindy, you may recall this uh, back several years ago. Um, they had a season uh, on the Epson tour at that, that time. It was Symmetra, but um, where they actually had seven events in a row. And I remember all the, girl, the girls were, uh, I won't say they were crying, but they were uh, feeling the pain, let's put it that way. And that's a lot. It was an unusual season. doesn't normally happen that way. Uh, but it can be difficult when you're playing uh, multiple events back-to-back like that. Um, but at the same token, that prepares you because you're going to be doing that when you get on the LPGA. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to ask you uh, as far as on a social standpoint, um, obviously you have a lot of friends uh, that you've made uh, over the years. Some of them that don't play golf. Um, do you try to encourage them? Or if they say, well, I don't really get it or I don't understand the game, do you take the time to explain it to them? And not so much what you get out of it because it's, you're playing at a much higher level than an amateur golfer, but um, are there friends that have just sort of come up to you and said, you know, Kira, I, I just don't get it. You know, chasing that little white ball around, I just don't get it. What, what do you see in golf? Do you ever have that conversation with anybody? Uh, I've had those conversations a few times with, with people. Uh, my sister's one of them. She doesn't get it. She doesn't understand it. But I also, like, if they're interested in it, I would take the time to explain it to them. But if they're not interested in it, I I don't mind that they aren't. I think it's it's kind of fun right. to also have those scan at all. And you, for them, you're just a person instead of a golfer. So mm-hmm. I, I would take yeah. the time if they're interested. If they're not interested, I'm like, it's okay. I'm okay with that. <laughs> would you see yourself, Just I promise the last one, um, would you see yourself down the road um, considering maybe even teaching the game as a, as a teacher professional, does that appeal to you at all, or you just prefer to, to stay as a player and, and uh, see where that takes you? I think I don't think I would want to be a, a swing coach. I think I could possibly want to be some type of a, like a mental golf course management mm-hmm. type of thing. That could be really fun. But I, I can't see myself like teaching like mechanics to anyone. Yeah, it's 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 something I think that you know it's a balance. I mean, some people prefer to be more of a player; others prefer to uh, maybe do the other side of the of the sport. Uh, and some can do both. Like Cindy's played uh, both as a professional on the LPGA and the Legends Tour, and is a phenomenal teacher professional as well. So uh, she's mm-hmm. had the, the boast of the best of both worlds. So um, it's just interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so when do you sort of get cracking for next? You're off for a little bit now. Uh, are you back practicing, uh, and when do you, you start your, your new season? Yeah, I'm back practicing, and I think we're going to start in March. 
So we got some time. So are you going to do a lot of practicing between now and then or just sort of um, a little of everything? Yeah, a little of everything. Uh, I'm going to go back home for Christmas to Finland and enjoy that time and just do some practicing. Very good. Well, Kira, we want to thank you for joining us uh, again on the Women of Golf and, and best of luck next year uh, on the LPG. I know you're going to also uh, uh, fire it up on a few Epson uh, tour events as well, but uh, appreciate you uh, coming on and spending some time with us and in your off season and uh, have some fun, most importantly, and, and best of luck next year. Hopefully you'll come back and visit us again. Sounds good. Thank you guys so much. Good luck, honey. Have fun. Thank you. All right. All right. That was Kira Rahijarvi, uh, now an LPJ tour player. Um, very interesting, you know, Cindy, would you agree that um, from a, a mental standpoint, um, I think she really stays very focused on the task at hand. And this is something that I'm sure you deal with working with, especially with a lot of juniors. They get so many things going on in their head uh, that they don't maybe always stay focused. But she seems to really understand that. And I like the fact that she says, you know, I go for the pins. But what was interesting about that is she preceded that by saying she's really got a really solid iron game. So that gives her that confidence to fire at the pins. Would you agree? Yeah, I, I do agree. And I, she said she hits a lot of green. So it, the, here's the bottom line. She knows her game really well. And and that's mm-hmm. what you absolutely have to do. You have to know your game and understand it. and uh, And then that gives you confidence. And I think that she seems like she's very uh, comfortable within her own skin, which is mm-hmm. really important. It's not like, oh, my God, I, I qualify for the tour. And, you know, it's like, no, I, I'm good. I, I, I'll practice and I'll get ready. And, you know, you also have to take some time off. You have to let your brain rest a little bit because it's been, right. you know, a grueling nine months season of I want to finish in the top 10 so I don't have to come back here next year and she accomplished mm-hmm. that so that was great yeah and yeah in 2021 was her rookie season too so she did it relatively quickly um, whereas you know some others it uh, it's a little bit more challenging all right we're going to move on uh, we're going to be joined now by uh, Jill Strite LPJ uh, class a member and owner of versatile golf and Jasmine Hall development director of elevate Phoenix so let's welcome them uh, to the show Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so very much for having us. You're Good morning, welcome. everybody. Had you start the Good off? All right. Um, good morning, first off, ladies, and thank you very much for taking some time and joining us uh, this morning on the Women of Golf. Cindy and I are, are happy to uh, to have you with us. So I think I'm going to start um, with Jill and tell us a little bit. Give us an update on what's happening. Uh, with your business, uh, Versatile Golf. Tell us a little bit about that, and then, Jasmine, we're going to get you to jump in and and give us an update there, and then talk about, of course, the upcoming event uh, uh, with uh, uh, host Tom Lehman. Uh, But, Joe, go ahead and give us an update. What's what's been happening in your world? Well, well, I'll tell you, we have uh, thankfully came out on the other side of the pandemic still in business. We... uh, Mm-hmm. We were a little quiet on the tournament side there for a little bit, but we are definitely uh, running on full cylinders now. 
Um, as we'll talk about in a minute, um, in two weeks we've got our big finale event of the year, the Elevate Phoenix Invitational, hosted by Tom Lehman for our sixth time. Uh, we were able to do a live stream uh, during the pandemic, but back in person is, is how we prefer it. Um, but it, it's been great. I mean, I am, I am so fortunate to have come through the golf industry, working at many golf courses and country clubs, um, with my background in golf since I was seven years old, um, and basically put all of my likes and passions for the game into versatile golf, where we come in and we just want to get more people with grass under their feet. So we are a full-service tournament operation, whether it's a corporate outing or a charity fundraiser. Um, you know, we have groups of 12 to groups of 300. And fortunately, it has us in our home state of Arizona, where we get to do events all over the state, but we also have been able to grow outside of our borders. Um, We are actually, we just got confirmed yesterday. Um, We're going to be helping out an organization um, in the Pacific Northwest next summer. Um, We've been doing events in Florida, doing events in Texas. So, it's really exciting um, for us to be able and help small groups, big groups, corporations, nonprofits, um, you know, schools, anybody that really needs to find a creative way um, to get people together in a networking format, a fundraising format, or just everybody just wants some social time together and outside. Certainly right now in the beautiful weather in Scottsdale, we're totally spoiled right now. Um, right. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it's just been it's been great to take all of my hospitality background and my long time of being in golf. I'm a long time member of the LPGA, and just sort of put it all in a blender. And I, you know, as they say, if you love what you do, it's not work. So I can say I have mm. not worked in six years. <laughs> right. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Uh, just a couple th- quick things I want to add. That um, I got to ask this. This is interesting. What is a helicopter golf ball drop? <laughs> so a helicopter golf ball drop is actually one of our most popular services. Um, and this is something that mostly is used for um, a fundraising campaign. But mm-hmm. in some cases, I've had people do it as just a fun thing for their company. They wanted to do it for an employee contest. Um, but based, it, it is what it sounds like. Um, so instead of having a typical raffle or drawing pull where you've got those boring little red tickets in a glass fishbowl. I prefer <laughs> to take it a bit bigger, and I prefer to put 2,000 random numbered balls from 1 to 2,000 in a helicopter uh, that goes about 100 feet in the air. Uh, the co-pilot opens the door and drops the balls out, typically onto a driving range. Um, and we always mm-hmm. drop over a target hole, so whatever ball is either closest to the pin or the lowest ball in the cup um, is your grand prize winner. And it's really, you know, it's a fun thing, and, and certainly during the pandemic when people were not doing in-person group events, even though individual golf, golf courses were going crazy, people couldn't get together for tournaments because if you can't get together right. socially before or after, um, you miss that opportunity. So. The fun thing was with the ball drops during the pandemic, things have really picked up and I'm doing more of them than before um, because you can, I mean, most groups will um, air it on Facebook Live. You don't have to be present to win. 
but it is a really mm-hmm. fun thing to do, um, especially I, a lot of ball drops have been for schools or preschools or scholarship programs where kids get to be there. And, I mean, the kids all flip out when they see the helicopter and see all the balls fall. Um, but it is, it's, I mean, in most cases, one golf ball is sold for $20. So if you do the quick math, $20 a ball, 2,000 balls, you have the mm-hmm. opportunity to make $40,000 in your fundraiser where a lot of times when I'm doing smaller organizations, $40,000 could be their annual budget in one ball. Right. So it's, uh, it's a lot of fun, and it's easy for the golf courses. Um, I actually have golf courses that call me and refer me because it's easier for them. They make a quick buck, and it's very minimal um, labor for their golf course because I just need their driving range for about 15, 20 minutes. And everything very, she very does, she goes big or goes home. Go ahead, Sydney. Say that one more time. Do you use the same helicopter service each time? Well, um, when I'm in Phoenix, yes. Um, fortunately, I have an awesome partner um, who is, who has a long history, and um, he's, I think he was once a pilot himself. Um, but he actually works with an organization of pilots across the country. So I did a, mm. a ball drop in San Antonio for the Children's Miracle Network for the JW Marriott. And you know, it was the easiest thing. He, he's got connections everywhere. So he's got this Rolodex of pilots. Um, I'm doing another one in Minnesota. We might be doing one in Boise, Idaho. So the nice thing is the, you know, pilots are, you know, if you're a helicopter pilot and you're listening right now, this is a great opportunity because, again, it's, um, you know, we don't need a, a full day of work from these, these pilots. We just need them for a little bit of time to make a big difference um, for these organizations. That's a great idea. I may reach out yeah, to you. I think, please do. Please do. Yeah, I may. Ha- I may have best. to do that because my my putting's been my putting's been a little sketchy, so I might actually have an easier time getting the ball in the hole if I drop it from a helicopter. So, uh, food for thought. Um, so, just one other quick thing I want to ask you, and then uh, we'll get Jasmine in here to to talk about uh, her side of things. Um, you had a. a really, as you put it, a huge milestone earlier this year in uh, fundraising through the events. So tell us a little bit about that. It's a pretty exciting number I'm looking at here. Yeah, it was um, very surprising. It was one of those things where I wanted to see, um, with Versal Golf being open for six years, and during the pandemic, you know, for we had almost a year and a half of no events, um, but it was, you know, where are we? And I, I, when I opened up Bristol Golf, you know, I really, I was very interested in the corporate side, but I had no idea that the, the nonprofit fundraising side not only was going to do as well as it's done, um, but that I just, I, I, you know, I just absolutely love helping. And it's so great that, you know, I help amazing groups like Elevate Phoenix that, I mean, have almost become my second family. But I've also been able to help, you know, you know, breast cancer research, Children's Miracle mm-hmm. Network, the event I was talking It's an organization that sends family members who have a sibling, a pediatric sibling going through cancer, it gives their mm-hmm. siblings somewhere to go for summer camp. So the fact that I get, a, I get a help and my life gets touched with all of these different nonprofits, um, and, and it was kind of one of those things of, I wonder how I'm doing. And I had always kind of kept a log before the pandemic and then, you know, just trying to get things back online. 
So when I crunched all the numbers of everything that's happened since 2016, when I started, um, I, I almost fell off my chair because with all of the different events that we've done, big and small, um, collectively we did reach over $6 million in fundraising wow. through the events that Versal Golf manages, um, which is just beyond my dreams. I, I never thought I would get to that number this quickly. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, so it's something that I, I am super duper proud of. And it's, it's something that, you know, it just, it just tells me, it reminds me that I, I'm on the right track. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Congratulations. That's a, always Thank good you. and exciting to do something like that for um, uh, worthwhile causes. And, and um, it's, uh, it, it just goes to a testament, even though I know you don't look at it as work for you because this is something you enjoy, but it's nice to be able to see some of the fruits of your, your labor and, and see that it's, it's doing something that's helping the organizations that you're there for. And so it's always exciting when you, you sit back and, as they say, crunch the numbers and, and a big number comes out like that. It just makes you feel good that you're you're doing something, and and uh, it's it's uh, obviously very productive. Cindy, uh, before we we uh, have Jasmine come in, if uh, any questions that you want to have for um, Jill? No, I'm great. Great job, Jill. <laughs> Thank you very much. I yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty exciting. There's no doubt. It's awesome. So before. Uh, Jasmine, before we we get into uh, talking about uh, the event, tell us a little bit for those that uh, maybe listening for the first time or maybe didn't hear uh, when you guys were on um, before. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Elevate Phoenix organization. What is it about? How does it work? And and that sort of thing. And um, give us sort of a background there, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, absolutely. You're asking me to talk about passion, easy peasy. <laughs> So uh, Elevate Phoenix, <laughs> we are a nonprofit organization that has partnered with the biggest school district in Phoenix, the, in the Phoenix Union High School District that serves well over 30,000 um, most, at-most needs students. Um, we've been we incorporated in 2009 and had our very first class in 2010 at Cesar Chavez High School where we started a class with 35 kids and a, and a couple teachers in a van and said, we're out to make a difference. So we actually have an accredited elective class, and it's called Peer Leadership, where they learn things like life skills, character development, leadership skills. And those high school kids, they go down and teach the theater elementary school kids what they are being taught in class. So now it's turned into a whole nother level of accountability, right? If you're going down there and teaching your kiddos about, in, you know, integrity and respect and responsibility, it starts taking a whole nother level in your life. And being the teacher in the program, it gives them the perfect platform to earn the right to do life with our kids 24 hours a day, seven days a week, where we truly start seeing that life change and that transformation in our kids' lives. So that way we can live out our true mission to deliver long-term, life-changing relationships with our urban youth. Now, the cool part about it is that all of our counselors know exactly, they know what we do, how we do it, and why we do it. And so we go to the counselors when we get started in a new school, and we say, hey, counselor, give us a mixed bag and nuts of kids. You know, we have some kids that are just natural-born talents, 
may not be using their talents for the best things right now, but at the end <laughs> of the day, they are still leaders. They are still leaders, and they you know just need to be you know helped to use those for the good. And then we also have kids that are going to kind of fall either way, right? You got kids that are, you know, that C D average student that you know just with a little bit of help or you know care, they can be swayed one way or another. But then you have that group of kids that, hey, this is the last case ditch effort. If mm-hmm. Elevate Phoenix can't help them, we just don't know what will happen. And those kids are joining our class, and they're the ones dropping out at 52%. But by the time they go through our program and go through everything that we have, not only are these kids becoming first-generational high school grads, but they graduate at 98% and continue on, which wow. in and of itself is phenomenal. But then we tell her, hey, you know, our kids, this might be a great accomplishment, but this is not where it ends. So we tell them, hey, we want you to try on college because you, you can't tell me you don't like something if you don't even try it. So they actually get their first college summer bridge program called RISE, where I actually get to be their summer college uh, professor and they go through and they try on college and we tell them, hey, now that you see this is so tangible, what do you want to do next? Do you want to continue on to college? Because if so, we'll help you with more scholarships. And if not that, what about the military or what about the trade or certificate program? And if not mm-hmm. that, what about the military or armed forces? And if not that, how do we prepare you for the workforce? Ted, I'm trying to tell you 100% of our kids leave our program with a post secondary plan to give back to the same communities they came out of and 100% of them turn into our alumni where we not only find our interns and we literally hire our newer teacher mentors right out of the same program that they already went through. And so we are proud to say with servicing just over 5,000 students, it's literally making the kind of impact and a difference where people can invest in these kids with proven track numbers, with proven life change, and they're being able to be supported proactively versus reactively, and people are paying that long-term damaging effects, right? Well, with with Mm -hmm. here, they're able to truly, like, invest in a life. Right now, we're not the least expensive program out there, but we're one that works, and it literally only costs $429.00 to support one student for a complete year. And that's where over 5,000 of our kids are coming out on the other side, being citizens who are giving back, who are philanthropic themselves, and are truly making a difference for our, not our, just our cities and our, and our states, but literally our world. Right. That's Elevate yeah, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And, and you know, it, it's so important, I think, that not just from the educational standpoint, obviously that's first and foremost, but the fact that they're taught to give back um, and understand the importance of that, to keep that sort of momentum going. And I think that they're very eager to, to obviously, as you, as you just pointed out, to do that um, mm-hmm. because they see what it benefited, how it benefited their lives. And so for them Absolutely. to want to help touch somebody else's life, it's just a, a perpetual 
revolving uh, door, if you will, where they're coming in and going out and then coming back and going through. And, and uh, it's just, um, I think it's a fantastic uh, organization. Um, Cindy, I'm going to shut up and let you say a few things. <laughs> what age do you start them? Yeah, so Cindy, it is actually a program that starts in the high schools as a freshman, but it's kind of unique because our freshman class, they go down and they teach our second and third graders. Our newbies class teaches our fourth graders. Our advanced class teaches our fifth graders, and our vets teaches our sixth graders. And staff go down and teach the seventh and eighth graders, and those seventh and eighth graders in turn have a soft touch with our kindred first. So it's a true life cycle that starts from K and goes through college and into their adult life. That's awesome. Mm. That's awesome. Wow. So what does the program consist of for the older kids that start? So they actually go to a class every single day. They can't not come because they want their grade, right? <laughs> and so then when they go to their class, um, like giving you a typical week, they will start on a Monday and they will get the lesson that they're going to be teaching that week. So let's just say they're talking about integrity. They get a lesson for themselves as an actual high schooler. On Tuesday, they will turn around and get an outline where they're going to start creating what they're going to teach their kiddos that week. On Wednesday, they're practicing how they're going to do it because by the time they get over to their, their kiddos, us teachers, we just have our little rubrics and are moving from um, watching them from the back, making sure that they are getting their lessons. They have classroom management. They're engaging their student. They are making sure they're they're connecting. By Thursday, they are in the they come to the class. They put on their shirt. The bell rings and they go to our vans. We drive over to the elementary school. They give their lesson. They give their lesson and then they get back in the van put their stuff away when they get back to class and the bell rings and they go to the next class. That's how engaged it is in a one class of Elevate Phoenix. But the better part about it is that during like their lunch or their, their advisory period before school, during school, after school, holidays, weekends, that's where life change is happening. That's where they're getting that mentorship. They're tutoring, they're digging in and simply building relationships. So they get, all their programming in the education side, but then they have a team that co-teaches guy and girl in the classroom that will enti entirely wrap around all of our kids to make sure that they are feeling that, that love and that truly that family. That's awesome. That's fantastic. Great job. Yeah, it's a, a lot of definitely a lot of passion there as well. You can hear it uh, in your voice, Jasmine. Um, Jill, I want to come back to you and uh, talk a little bit about the upcoming event uh, later this month. Tell us all of the uh, the things that we need to know and the listeners need to know uh, if they want to participate and and uh, and so forth. So tell us about the upcoming event. Yes, we're really excited. We're in the the downhill stretch here. <laughs> We've got about two weeks. <laughs> And so, sorry, Jazz, only two weeks left. Um, that on messy. November twentieth, <laughs> <laughs> on uh, November twentieth and twenty-first, uh, it will be the sixth annual Elevate Phoenix Invitational, hosted by CGA Tour legend Tom Lehman. Um, and Tom 
for all of your listeners who are certainly devout golfers, um, what you think you know about Tom Lehman, <laughs> I'm here to tell you, he is 10 times nicer, 10 times smarter, yeah. 10 times roll up his sleeve and dive in. He is actually a founding board member of Elevate yeah. Phoenix. So Tom has been around since the very beginning. Um, and about six years ago, um, I was fortunate enough to be referred to him. And we have put our heads together. And, yes, you heard the passion of Jasmine. She's just one of the Elevate Phoenix staffers that are behind this event. And it is infectious. Um, but we are very fortunate to have partnered with Phoenix Country Club, who is hosting the uh, Charles Schwab Cup Championship this week. Um, so shout out to Tiffany Nelson and her team. So the great thing is, is that we have always done our event either the week of Schwab Cup or right after. So the course conditions are tour ready. Um, but it is a, it is a two-day event starting on Sunday night where we have a packed house. We have been sold out for months. Um, the reputation of this event in the Valley for the last few years has just built up between having celebrity entertainment from Journey to David Faraday, Dan Hicks. Last year we had uh, Peter Jacobson. This year our celebrity entertainer is um, award-winning author Rick Riley, who is always a ball of fun if you've ever heard him speak live. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, we are <clears throat> we're going to be celebrating. And, you know, in every year that we've had this event, the gala has kind of served as, a bit of education, let us kind of give you our state of the union, if you will. And this year, after getting through the pandemic and all of these amazing (laughs) milestones that Elevate Phoenix has continued to do, um, this year's theme is Elevate Celebrates. Um, We are going to be celebrating a night of gratitude of all of the milestones. So just like I took stock with Versatile Golf, I told Jasmine and her team to do the same thing with Elevate Phoenix. How many total kids in 12 years have graduated? How many of those kids have graduated college? How many of those kids are now at a officer level in the military? So basically they have gone in, and that is what we're going to be celebrating on Sunday night. They have gone in and found some unbelievable statistics, and we're going to be highlighting a special student who literally was on his way out of high school. And he came in and he got smothered in Elevate Phoenix love, and he found his inner light. He graduated high school, graduated college, got a master's, and he now is a successful mortgage broker in Phoenix, and he is in turn giving back to Elevate Phoenix. So he has done the full circle. And we're going to be highlighting his story that night, And the way that your audience can get involved, which, again, I guess if anything positive came out of the pandemic, we learned how to do a live stream. So the event (laughs) will be live streamed from start to finish. And last year we tried the live stream. We had over 600 people outside of the room watching the night. And they also get the opportunity to interact, whether it's through a chat or they can actually bid on our auction items. Um, But it is a free live stream. Uh, so it's 2022epi.givesmart.com, and you can watch starting at 6 p.m., um, and that will be Mountain Time. Um, it's a couple-hour show where where you get to learn more about Elevate Phoenix. Tom Lehman will be there. 
Rick Riley will be there. Um, we are expecting a, a bunch of other fun celebrities joining us that evening. That'll probably be popping up in front of the camera throughout the night. Um, and then the the auction itself, I mean, our live auction this year, people from home uh, can be bidding on a trip to the Ryder Cup in Rome next year, full VIP tickets that Tom actually helped us gather up for an incredible experience for the Ryder Cup, all four days of competition. Um, we also have, if you are in the Phoenix area or planning to come to the Phoenix area, why not play a round of golf at the Arizona Biltmore with Alice Cooper, who was just inducted <laughs> into the Arizona uh, Golf Hall of Fame. Um, we've got amazing trips. Um, and if you aren't into the live auction, the silent auction actually um, has already begun. It started yesterday. So, again, mm-hmm. if you go to our website, and the easiest, if you go to elevatephoenix.org, it'll take you directly if that's the easier way to go. And our silent auction is packed with rounds of golf. We've got memorabilia signed from Rory McIlroy, Colin Morikawa, Jason Day, Tom, of course, Mark O'Meara, Phil Mickelson. Um, so, certainly, it's definitely a golf-heavy <laughs> auction. Um, but the great thing is, and, and Jasmine, um, you know, just gave you an awesome overview of Elevate Phoenix. The great thing is that every dollar is going back to Elevate Phoenix and going back to her students. So it's not as though, oh, just a sliver is going. No, all of it is going back to straight to the students, straight to the teachers. So, again, it's, it's 2022epi.givesmart.com. You can start bidding on the silent auction now. You can learn about the live auction items if you want to call in that night and get involved. And then also get the information about the live stream so you can watch Tom in all of his glory and hear these amazing stories um, for a couple hours on that Sunday night. And don't even, and I haven't even gotten into the Celebrity Golf Tournament on Monday yet. So it's, uh, <laughs> it's certainly it's a, it's an action-packed two days. Um, but last year we, we truly knocked it out of the park and, uh, we hit our first million dollar fundraiser for Elevate Phoenix. So there were lots of tears, maybe some champagne. I can't, I can't (laughs) deny, but, um, this event has truly gone from Tom's passion project, um, into something that is allowing Elevate Phoenix to go into another high school next year and continue spreading, their message and transforming the lives of these special kids that just may not know they're special yet. Um, but boy, I'll tell you, Elevate Phoenix sure lets them know. <laughs> That's fantastic. And, you know, there's uh, obviously a lot of things uh, to go over. And unfortunately, we can't go to uh, through everything. But um, the best way for listeners to uh, uh, participate or be involved is to start by going to the website, uh, elevatephoenix.org. Uh, and also check out uh, the live stream event, uh, which will also be happening, and that website is 2022epi.givesmart.com. And then for those of you that uh, maybe want to connect with Jill and have her do some brainstorming and and, uh, help you with some of your golfing needs, uh, you can visit her website at versatilegolf.com, or you can email at info at versatilegolf.com. Ladies, what a great uh, a great. Uh, organization and a great way that you guys are are really helping to to build the community in in uh, in Arizona and hopefully 
you know, this will just propel and, and get bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But uh, you guys are, are doing a great job, and we want to thank you for, for joining us this morning and sharing that. And uh, hope you, hopefully you'll uh, continue to hit uh, more milestones each, uh, each year as you go by, and hopefully you're going to hit another huge one this year after the event. But thank you very much for, uh, for joining us this morning. Cindy, any final thoughts? No, great job. I'm going to reach out. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I can't I can't wait to book your next helicopter ball drop, Cindy. <laughs> Got it, baby. Thank you so very much for having us. We are so grateful. Thank you. Good luck. We're very glad to help you. We're glad to help you, uh, both Jasmine and Jill. Thank you very much for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf. Good luck with the event coming up uh, uh, in, a, in a couple of weeks' time. And, again, you can go to elevatephoenix.org. Uh, and get more information on the event and all of the other uh, goodies that go along with it. But thanks, ladies, for joining us this morning on the Women of Golf, and, and uh, much continued success. Thank you so Thank very you much for your time. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. All right, that was uh, Jill Streit and Jasmine Hall uh, joining us this morning to talk about uh, Elevate Phoenix, a great uh, 501c3 organization helping kids and and youngsters to uh, to better themselves and obviously to help give back to their community. And obviously uh, a shout-out to Tom Lehman as well for doing a uh, phenomenal job uh, uh, on his end, hosting the event, uh, the 6th Annual Elevate Phoenix Invitational, uh, which is going to be taking place uh, uh, Monday, November 21st at the, actual, at the Phoenix Country Club and all of the uh, celebrities and others that are participating um, Cindy, what a great organization, and what a great thing that they've uh, they've been putting together for for several years now. Absolutely, absolutely. I got a lot of good ideas for my little nonprofit here. That's awesome. <laughs> I could agree. All right, we got to go. Uh, we want to thank you all for uh, joining us this morning. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll see you next week right back here uh, on the Women of Golf. God bless everybody. Thanks, Cindy. You're welcome. See ya. Thank you for joining us. We hope you enjoyed listening to this week's Women of Golf show. Ted and Cindy wish to thank this week's special guests. Remember to join them every Tuesday from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern here on the iGolf Sports Network or on any of these social media platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, CastBox, TalkStream Live, and of course Spotify. To get updates on the show, you can follow the Women of Golf's Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash womenofgolf. This has been a production of the iGolf Sports Network.